This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Everybody say, if you notice, there's a lot of pages to get to, and uh, after Pesach, no one's going to really want to discuss machine matzahs. So we're going to get moving and try to get into it as much as we can. Just uh, two horrors that are interesting. Uh, last, last night by Mayriv, I'm sure many people had the big deal. Do you say Vihinoyam or you don't say Vihinoyam? Now, I'm sure everyone remembers. Right, right. I'm sure everyone remembers. Four years ago, we talked about this topic. Four years ago, we talked about this topic when we talked about the Isamolach on Erev Pesach after Chatzois, which we talked about four years ago. And we were totally in, that, in the Shiloh. Because if you hold there's a real Isamolach on Erev Pesach after Chatzois, which there is, then you don't have six full days of work. If you don't have six full days of work, you shouldn't say Vihinoyam. However, after all the long is finished, if you take a look at the Mishnah Bureau and some Reish Tadihei, he passes that you do say Vehinoyam. Now it's interesting, the Mishnah Bureau writes, he says, it's like, he puts the case of Erev Pesach Oy Purim. He says, when Purim or Erev Pesach falls out during the week, you still say Vehinoyam. Now it's interesting that he, he associates those two things with the same level. Because we learned that Erev Pesach is much more common than Purim. But Halach Lamaisa is a Malacha. Yeah. But Lamaisa, that's what the Mishnah Bureau passes, and that's what most of the Luchais write. That's what the Chazanish held. There are. There are those who disagreed. Rabbi Yaakov Emden and Sheilas Yaivitz disagreed. But uh, by and large, the accepted practice, I think, I don't know what everyone else did in their shul, I think in the Hasidic courts, they're more makele with it. But I think amongst the Litzvish circles, they are more, uh, they follow Mishnah Buru. I looked in the Arach HaShoch and he didn't say anything either way. So I would assume we follow Mishnah Buru and therefore we do say Vinoyim. And that's what, uh, but that was the tumul from last night's Vinoyim because of this Yisoyed that is an Isim Allah Erev Pesach after Chatzos. Why is there Ah, oh, so uh, that's about Cholikish Rishonim. So I don't know if I can say. So that, that, yeah, yeah. So if you guys listen online, we did this four years ago. You can get a nice review. We talked about Cholikish Rashi Taisvis is uh, either because it's a very busy day or because you're bringing your carbon Pesach. And we talked a lot. We did this. Sh- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, of course. Right, right, right. So this is a question: What does Malacha mean? So uh, you got to go back there. But the simple answer for many people is getting a haircut and shaving. That's for sure. So that's why everyone has to get their haircuts and shave before Chatzos and their Pesach. So, uh, yeah, okay, take a listen, it's online, if you want to listen, it's on Yitor, we went through the sugya, that, that topic we did very much with this, not so much halacha lemaisa. The other ha'ara that I had over Shabbos was, um, if anyone listened to our Basha Weiss, it's terrible for Shabbos, he, he went through seven reasons why it's called Shabbos HaGadol, fascinating, and one of the reasons, which is, is not his chiddish, it's brought down in Rishonim, it's a very long Shabbos, rabbis speak for a really long time, it's really long, it's a very painful and long Shabbos for many people, especially the rabbis who have to deliver the speeches, but one thing I did hit me about Shabbos HaGadol, is it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, Shabbos of Ne'er Pesach, Kari Noisi, Shabbos HaGadol. Simon Tov Lama, the Shulchan Aruch quotes that statement. What does that have any halachic ramifications? Shabbos for Pesach, Shabbos HaGadol, so what? Now, what do I do with that information? Call Shabbos for Pesach, the Shabbos where all the women are really stressed. What, 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 what's it negaya? So, what's also strange about Shabbos HaGadol, it doesn't have a kriya. All the other Shabbos, the Dal Parshas have a kriya miyuchad. Why is there no kriya miyuchad when it comes to Shabbos HaGadol? Same thing with Shabbos Shuvah. There's no special kriya for Shabbos Shuvah. It's so much hype, Shabbat Shuvah, Shabbat Shuvah. So it's all based on the Haftarah, it's all based on... So I was thinking maybe these types of Shabbosim, you have to get the inspiration from within. I mean, you can't be told to be inspired. Yeah, the rabbi gives a speech, but there's not like a Kriya that's going to inspire you. You have to be self-inspired. It's got to come from within to be inspired by these Shabbosim. And maybe that's why there's no Kriya Miuchad. And that's why we just call it Shabbat Shuvah. This way, we, when we refer to the Shabbos, it gives us the inspiration. That's where the inspiration is going to come from. It's not going to come from an external place. It's not going to come from a reading. It's not going to come from a, from a special, you know, uh, safer we read. It has to come from somewhat from within. Okay. I kind of everyone had enough drushes yesterday. You all drush it out now until Shabbat Shuvah. We're good to go. Okay. So what we're going to try to tackle today is the, the very, very, very 
controversial topic of using machine matzahs for the Seder. Now, the truth is, if you remember last week, we didn't really finish the topic. We got up to a nice struggle from Reb Chaim, which we'll have to get to a different time, but we, I want to get back to the topic at hand. Because the question is, what's the issues with using machine matzah, and what's the controversy behind it? And I'll show you an amazing, amazing historical piece, quite a few pieces of who used what over the last 150 years in Jewish history for uh, the, 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 the matzahs at their Seder. And you'll be very, very surprised to see who used machine matzahs and who used hand matzahs. And it's, it's very, very interesting. Now, if you remember from last week, we, we did a lot of these sources last week, so I'm not going to go through them again. But we left off last week, we came up with a Kiddush from the Minchas Chinuch. We had a question of why can I have Lashma be injected by someone else? Why can someone else inject the Lashma into my matzah? Let's say we have a din called Yisrael Emil Gabov. The Jew stands over the Cheyushat Bekot and he can inject the Lashma. Why can't I do that for a machine? So the Mishnabur Paskin, you can't do that. We hold you can't do that. The question was why? So Menchazchenich told us a very important Yisrael. Menchazchenich told us because you cannot protect that that is not in your control. The Gemara says in Chagiga, you cannot watch that that's not in your hand. And since the cotton is the one needing the dough and the gadol standing on the outside, he can't control that that be done lishma. And therefore, that's why, says the Menchazchenich, that's why you can't have Yisrael Oymid al Gabov when it comes to a uh, baking matzahs. So therefore, only the one who's baking it is the one who can inject lishma into the matzahs. That's what the Menchazchenich told us. So we pointed out that based on that logic, where does that leave us with a machine? Right, I have someone running the machine, and I have someone else standing over the machine. Can he inject into the machine lishma? So we assume that a machine should be like a cheyushayt of a cotton. The Yisrael Lai Melagabov should be like uh, the Jew watching it should be Yisrael Lai Melagabov. Mr. Burupaskin, it doesn't work. So that should be the simple answer to why machine matzahs are unacceptable. Uh, why? Because so a person could have a negative. Good, good. That's what we're going to see. That's going to be one of the most biggest tetarium that we're out there is based on this minchasinach that we quoted. That a machine is different than a human. A human, you can say, I can't control that, that's in a human's hands, but I can control what's in a machine's hand. Okay, so now, when did this whole tumor get off the ground? So, in, in, uh, in, in 1838, there was a French yid, Isaac Singer, who created the first machine matzah. Now, here's where, where Jewish history gets funny. He lived in France, and in Western Europe, the machine became very popular. Germany, France, places like that, even in Hungary. But then when it got to Poland, the Galicia, that's when it hit a roadblock. Because the Galicianists, the Poiskim, were not so keen on the machine. But they were being used for 20 years, 10, 15 years, in, in, thank you, in Germany, in France. No one had a problem. Till they made it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Everyone was using... Again, yeah, they were using it for everything. And then as it kept on moving uh, onward, it made its way to Poland, to Galicia. And that's where all of a sudden it became a problem. So what ended up happening, one of the great Gedoyim of that time was Rav Shleim Kluger. We know Rav Shleim Kluger, he wrote over 160 volumes of Shalos and Shuvis. One of the most famous ones is Evel Choshleimah, you learn it uh, religiously. You want to commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, Chachma Shleimah, everyone learns Shulchan Aruch, learns Chachma Shleimah. It's on the page of the Shulchan Aruch. So Rav Shleim Kluger came out at that time answering uh, machine matzahs. He answered machine matzahs, nothing to talk about. Now just to give you a time frame, we're talking about over here the mid-1800s. Again, the machine first came out. Everything. Everything. Yes. Correct. Everything. We'll see in a second. Why? He asks it top to bottom. Nothing. Now, Abshalom Kluger lived in the mid-1800s. He was nifter already. <coughs> he was nifter at the end of the 1800s. So this hotbed topic of, of machine matzahs was basically the middle to end of the 1800s. That was like when it got very, very lebedic. So they wrote, so what, do you, so what do we do today when we want to get our word out? We make proclamations. So they wrote a small contrast, a small, small safer, with letters of different gedolim answering the machine masses. And that's right over here, number 11. It's called Moidol Lebeis Yisrael. 
I'm sorry, from last week you said that yeah. you need L'Shem Mitzvah's Matzah for every piece of Matzah you can eat. Not really. Right. You only need L'Shem for the Matzah for the Seder. So why would you not use it for... That's what we get to in a second. So again, right now, the two major issues with machine matzahs are either lishma, which would only be a problem for the Seder, and maybe chametz. Maybe chametz could be an issue that the machines heat up and then there could be a chashash chametz. Okay. So in this moidol, the base Yisrael, in this journal, it's a small journal. I have a, I'm saying I have a copy of it. It's about 30 pages. You can go through it. It's an interesting read. So there they have a letter from Rabbi Shlomo Kluger. Shlomo Kluger was the Rishon Veroish who was against machine matzahs. And he writes the following. You got, you got to read this because it's fascinating. He writes, You at number 11. With regarding to what you asked me, Can you make machine matzahs to machines? That originated in Western Europe. Throughout the literature, there's a lot of digs on uh, Western European Jewry. You'll see it. It's uh, what they do in Ashkenaz. We don't care about the Glicianos. didn't care what they did in Germany. There wasn't any love lost between those two uh, areas. And that's... I thought that might even change the halacha, probably doesn't, but it definitely creates a little bit of a rift between the two communities when discussing machine matzah. So you have to remember that. Machine matzah originated in Western Europe. Germany were using it, in France they were using it, even in Hungary, which is a huge chiddush. In Hungary they were using machine matzahs. Okay? Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see, we'll come back to America at some point to see what, if anyone has, if anyone has parents or grandparents that are still alive, I asked my wife's grandmother, she lived in the early 1930s, I said, what do you have for, for, for Pesach Seder? Everyone used machine matzahs in America in the 1930s, 1940s. Hand? Who used hand in the 1930s, 1940s? That's a new Chiddush, after the war, everyone became very religious, we went, we switched over to, to hand. But speak to anyone who lived in America, America were all using machines, and they all got it from? Manishevitz, of course. Manishevitz is a pirate's migrant, which Manishevitz bought out. Manishevitz bought them out. Was it Shmura Matzah? It was Shmura, yeah, no, it was. They pushed the button with Shmura, 100%. It was Shmura. But, um. Yeah, but any other was Maybe from they did the whole shebang, yeah, no. I'm going back 70, 80 years in America. 30 years, everyone became much more religious. I'm saying, if you go back to the early years in America, everyone was, uh. And we'll see that they have us come. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't the round one. No, no. I mean, ask, ask around. You speak to older Jews. Ask around. You know, uh, everyone was using Horowitz Magaretten was the big company back in America in those years, but ultimately they were bought up by Manischewitz anyways. Today Manischewitz owns everything. Even though you see the Yehuda matzahs, machine matzahs, and except for strikes, right? You see, we'll talk about strikes later. But you know the Yehuda matzah you see made in Eretz Yisrael? Manischewitz owns that also now. Manischewitz is a multi, multi billion dollar company. You know where they're based out of? I didn't know it was Fanatic. They're based out of. They were in Newark. Yeah. Last I saw, they were in Newark. So it's a factory right there. Oh yeah, I knew they were in Newark. They tried to build up the neighborhood by giving you know jobs and things like that. They were in Newark, but it's a fascinating company, started by a very familiar. We'll get to him at some point. Okay, in any case, so listen to Shlomo Kluger's reason to ask the machine matzahs. Your eyes are going to pop out. He writes, "I heard it came from Ashkenaz. It came from Germany." And he says, "I heard over here about I live. They're doing it." He says, "Not true." And listen to this svar. He says. He says, um, this is number 11. We'll talk about it at a different time on the computer because okay. it's not behaving. I, I replaced it two times. I, I give up. Okay. Hashem does not want me doing Zoom. That's it. I, I feel bad. Make it here I feel, I feel terrible. I just don't know what to do. I went to the store. We replaced it. I brought it back. We replaced it again. It's not going. I, I, I think a coach Baruch Hu doesn't want it. I don't know. Okay. They want so, it in person. so it says in Don't learn from Western European Jewry. Don't learn from the Ashkenazim. So first of all, you know why machine matzahs are bad? Because you're stealing panosa from the aniyim who work in the hand matzah bakeries. 
Wow. He says, He says, This job that they do making matzahs, they make enough parnasa to live. And he brings a right from a Gemara. So this sounds like a very emotional argument. It's not fear to the people that are going to lose their job. Now, yeah, you can tie the opposite that it's cheaper for the people. Exactly. And that is one of the claims they make, 100%. That's the counterclaim to this. But we're helping the world by lowering the prices. Now, this is actually a very relevant argument. When we're, 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 in the world we live in today, many jobs are being lost. To, that's right. You have to go to... A lot of people are, are losing their jobs and they're training in other areas because they're being replaced by machines. So this is a very moral question. From a Jewish standpoint, is that right or wrong? Okay. So that's his first argument. And he brings a raya. Shlomo Kluger was a godel. He brings a raya from a Gemara Megillah. What's the raya from a Gemara Megillah? Gemara Megillah says that we don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. So we all know the classical reason why we read Miguel on Shabbos is Xavier the Rabbah. He says, no, I have another reason. The Gemara has another reason. Because the Aniyim wait to hear the Megillah. Because the Megillah equals payout. Because after the Megillah, they get their money. So they're going to read the Megillah on Shabbos. They don't get paid. It's going to break their hearts. So says it says Kluger, same thing also. All the Aniyim wait a whole year for Pesach season. So they work in the, in, the, in, the, in the bakery and they get paid and they're able to support their family. If you're going to take that away from them, it's just, it's terrible. Like the Gemara says, you can't do that. That's a comparison that he makes. He compares it to the Gemara Megillah about reading the Megillah on Shabbos that's going to cause the Aniyim distress to switching to machines that's going to replace the Aniyim in the Matzah Bakery. Okay. Then at number 12, this is not from this Moidor, this is from Shlomo Kluger's own tshuva. He has another reason why he's against machine matzahs. Why? Gam kol Yisrael have agulim. He says, what do you mean? For generations, matzahs have always been around. Matzahs are around. V'loy merubom, not squared. And now you're going to make them squid. Right? Even today, in 2022, Manashevitz can't figure out how to make around matzahs. They can't. They can't. Because the way, in order to make it round, you'd have to cut off the edges. Those edges are going to have to go somewhere. They're choshish that they're going to bake and then get mixed in and we're going to come chametz. So you can't do anything. So you just have to make it squid. They have no choice. So Manashevitz still out of Yemazan makes square matzahs. Says Ripshalom Kluger, it's against the tradition. Our tradition is that matzahs are round. Now, again, is this an ironclad argument? I don't think so. Uh, we also have a tradition that uh, thousands of years they didn't have indoor plumbing. Is anyone going to answer indoor plumbing? I hope not. Right? <laughs> I hope not. Why is that a reason to answer it? That was a time of need. That's the way. Obviously, if you bake something in an oven, you have more flexibility than in a machine. Yeah, that's another question. The it does need a good topic. Yeah, 100%. It's a Messiah from when they started baking matzahs in an oven. <laughs> so that to me is another uh, interesting argument. But let's get to the real argument. 11b is where he gives us the Lomnisha argument. What's the Lomnisha argument? Meaning these arguments are, you know, they're not halachic arguments. The first one, could you take away the Parnassah from the Aniyim? That's not a halachic reason to call it Chametz. Because it's square and not round, that's not a reason to call it Chametz. Now he gets into it. He says like this. He says, Alumnus. So says right off the bat, based on our sugya, you can't be yotzer matzah shal mitzvah with mishi matzahs. Why? He says the kivan da anan kaim lon dein yotzer nafilu baso cheshed vekaton sheilam da. Since we paskin, you can't be yotzer with matz with matzahs produced by cheshed vekaton. The Yisrael oimir al gab of nami loy mahani. It doesn't help to have a Jew over standing over him. So a machine is no better than if it was made by a cotton. The machine has no brains. And it doesn't even help to have someone standing over the machine. So therefore says 
says the says the Shlomo Kluger, it's Pashit. It doesn't work. Uh, his 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 conclusion is very logical. What he's making no, over no, here? Why? If you put the yeah. timer on a machine, it has a brain. It has uh, a no, brain no. it can't think lishma. A brain still can't, a, a no, machine but, but can't think lishma. But, but again, you told me you told me I mean, the gabba doesn't work. Why? I'm pressing the button. Good. So I'm not a cheshev shatzu katan, so I'm doing. I said, but if Yisrael Eimel doesn't help for a cheshev katan, why is it help for a machine? Yeah, because what, what's causing the machine to work here? It's me pressing the button. So Again, but the problem of if if Yisrael Eimel Gabav doesn't work, it means that you can't give lishma into someone else. Because the cheshev shatzu is doing the work here. Ah. They're not doing the work. So if you remember that line from the Minchas Chinuch, the Minchas Chinuch told us the reason why God Eimel Gabav doesn't work is because you can't guard that that is not in your hand. But this is in my hand. I'll get to it. So it shouldn't become chametz. Right. While it's baking. While you're prepping it for baking. While you're prepping it for baking. Getting ready. You're getting so going. So once it's so once so once, once it's in the oven. What's the difference? The, the oven doesn't have a brain either. Oh, that's right? a very good question. That's a big discussion of it, which we're not right. getting into. Is how, how do you ever look at baking? Once you put it in. Right. That's on Shabbos. Why am I over Shabbos if I baked? I didn't, I didn't bake the oven baked. What do you want from me? Terrence says, I prepared it. I got it to that point where now nature uh, works. Right, but the whole style about whether the machine has a brain or not, or you can have kavana, is irrelevant because the machine is only working when you put it in the oven. Right. And then it's like a regular well, oven. That doesn't no, no, the machine gets involved earlier than that. The machine does activities before that. What does it do? Mixes the flat. It does everything. What do you mean? Yeah. It does everything from soup to nuts. Again, I shouldn't say that. It depends on what time in history so, we're so talking about. So you're talking about machine. I, machine does I everything. Know, I was thinking that it's timed, so that there's no, no if, question. That of course it is. But it also mixes the dough, mixes the flour, mixes the water. does everything. Soup to nuts. Automatic to it. does everything to it. Machine can do it better than a person. That's al Correct. What about Lashma? So if you tell me now that Yisrael Eimel Agabov works, that Yisrael can inject the Lashma, we have no problems. But you tell me now we pass Yisrael Eimel Agabov doesn't work. So if you start like it doesn't work, what do you say for a machine? So Shlomo Kluge's argument is, uh, is the same thing as a machine. Is, and I think they're all sort of getting, alluding to it, but at what point do you look at where do you need to start injecting? In other words, Good. we say by, by so baking... Said, Lisha v'afiyah. That's Lashem v'machad, right? Lisha v'afiyah needs to be by a regular Yisrael. But in a round Of course, that's where you start needing that, the That's where you need Lashemah, yeah. But you need the Shemirah from... So from, that we spoke uh, about a little bit last week. So that Lashemirah, the Shulchan Aruch seems to hold the coins of the Taz, you can get from Yisrael and Lagabov. From Tzira and Tchina, you can have it from a Jew from the outside. You can do a machine and the Jew watches it. But when it comes to Lisha Afia, then you need to have the Jew directly involved. That's how the Taz answered up. I mean, in the ramp- so, right, it's obviously you're never really doing the Afia. It means putting it into the oven as much as you could in the Maisa Afia. Rabbi, I didn't understand the, the answer that you gave to Stewie. At yeah. the end of the day, there's a big difference. Cheshat of a cotton yeah. is somebody on their own. The machine is, it's you. It's an extension of your yard. In other words, it's much different than Cher Shaitavakadon. Cher Shaitavakadon, in other words, they can't, they don't have the Yichayla Stavlishma. Right. To me, pushing the machine, it's an oh, extension that's, of that's, me. That's, and it's that's, my, that's it's a my, separate route to go. That's a separate route to go. I'm going with oh. that. There's two routes to go when you want to discuss machine mats. One route is you're going to argue that I can inject Lishma from being on the outside. I mean, the machine is the machine and I'm me, but my Lishma can be injected into the machine. No, I'm doing it. That, that's one way. The second way to get around is to say, no, the machine is me. Right. That's the second route. I'm not going that route yet. Oh. I'm going in the first route. In the first yeah. route, that Avada, you're not the Asiyah. But you saw him like above me that someone else can inject it. I, the Mishnabura Paskins, you can't. Well, be Miyash if that can work. So then Rabbi Shalom Kluger has a bomb kasha. He says, one second. That's all true for the matzahs of the Seder. The matzahs of the Seder have to be the Shema. What about the rest of the matzahs? 
Why can't I eat machine matzah for the rest of the Seder? How could Shlomo Kluge come and ban machine matzahs for all of Pesach? He should write. You can only not use machine matzahs for this time. And he comes over. Uh, so that's what he writes. He says, oh. He says, The average folk are not so smart. They don't know that there's a difference between the Pesach matzah for the Seder and matzah that you eat a Cholamoy. They don't know the difference. And he's afraid that people will come to use machine matzahs at the Seder. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting Xerah. He made up a Xerah. And he writes, he has rights to do that. He says, Interesting. He holds, if you make an Alachiyos matzah, machine matzah, it's brachal batal. You get zero credit. Nothing. Garnished. <laughs> he holds his Xerah Deraisa. Now, if you remember last week, we mentioned that the Mishnah brings down the this whole din the So, Shlomo Kluger is saying very clearly he holds the Shmaz Deraisa. Now, we'll see later, others disagree. They hold the Shmaz Derabon. So, the Shmaz Derabon, you have much more room to be making. You don't have to be as nervous as if Shlomo Kluger was for this issue. Okay. Now, this is Shlomo Kluger. Take a look at page two. Anyone here Hasidic? Anyone from the Hasidic family? Okay. This will be fun then. Take a look at number 13 from the Divrei Chaim. The Divrei Chaim is a great Sansa Rebbe. The great Sansa. What? Same thing. Shinva's a son by the Divrei Chaim. Good. We'll talk about the Shinva today also. Okay. I don't want to insult anyone. Okay. So the Divrei Chaim. The Divrei Chaim, we all know, was a great Sanzer Rebbe, lived in the mid-1800s, was a great godl. Had about 17 children, three or four wives, okay? Great, great godl, great Hasidic godl, um, no question. No tuition. Says the Divrei Chaim like this. He writes, you got to read this truth, it's fascinating. He writes, I have eyewitness testimonial. Who was yesterday in Hungary. Right? Sanz was not Hungary. Sanz was Galicia. So this guy says that uh, I was in Hungary yesterday. And I saw them baking machine matzahs. And I showed them Shulchan Metzgama. This fellow comes to the Sanz Rebbe and tells the Sanz Rebbe, you know, yesterday I was in Hungary. I was at the machine, uh, machine matzah factory and I saw Chometz on the machines. And I told the guy who runs the machine, I told him, Shulchan Metzgama. He admitted it. He said, yeah, you're right, it's Chometz. And even the Rav Hamashi felt guilty that he's, per, he's permitting these matzahs. What was the reason? Because it's stuck in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He heated up faster because the machine is hard. heats up faster. The beginning of the truth I didn't photocopy you. He was discussing, is it right to, bad, to bash the Western European Jews who use machine matzahs? Or do you say, no, you don't have the right to be mighty laws and Klai. So we're very nervous. We don't want to be mighty laws and Klai. We don't want to say a whole group. So the Sanzarev said, no, you can be mighty laws in them. They're 100% wrong. They're eating chametz. He says, because I have eyewitness testimony from a fellow who was in Hungary who saw the machine matzahs and he said it was chametz. And everyone agreed. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah. That's is what it is. Yeah. I gave the shit yesterday. A lawyer screams up. He says, that's not, that's not evidence. You can't use that in a court of law. Right. Okay, I don't think the Sanzer Rebbe was conducting a court of law over here. But the point was, he was very skeptical. But listen to the next part of the tshuva. He writes, I never saw how a machine matzah looks. So today, we, have a much, we, we just Google it on YouTube, and I can tell you how a machine matzah works. But in the mid-1800s, the Sanzer Rebbe didn't have it, and if he did, he probably wouldn't look on YouTube anyways. But the Sanzer Rebbe says, I never saw a machine matzah. 
However, based on the picture that I was told, nearly Tam Gomer La Iswar. I have very good reason to prohibit it. But I don't want to reveal it. You can only judge what you see. And I never saw a machine matzah. So I can't pass on machine matzah. But I'm telling you, you can't use machine matzahs. So if David Nehali Bibiru says the Sanzar Rebbe, Shasur Lolo Shalom machines, you may not need on the machines. Because they're like this, because I'm busy with the Pesach's prep, I'll leave it short. That's where he ends off the tshuva. Tough ratio ches. He doesn't say mefurash that it's chametz gomer in this tshuva. Wait till another tshuva he writes. But he's clearly he's against it. No, no, he says. No, that's that he, what the guy. The guy said. told me shuhu chametz gomer. The guy told me so on the machine. Now take a look in number fourteen. He's number. Not it for the whole oh yeah, yeah. That's correct, but for a different well, because the chametz. Because now the question is, what about today in 2022? The machines are fantastic. I'm sure it does better than 100%. So let's see. So in that same journal called Moidol the Beis Yisrael, so they printed a letter from Shlomo Kluger. Then they printed a letter from the Sons of Rebbe, the Divrechaim. Listen what he says in this letter. He says, "Ulechaim b'derech hechlet," and with uh, with hechlet means with. Convinced decision. I'm telling you, if you make matzahs on machines, it's chametz gamor. Chametz gamor. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Says says the sons of Rebbe, it's chametz gamor. And then he concludes. He says, "Al kein al tishnu miminag abeseichem." Don't change this edition. I love this line. It's kidar come. They do whatever they want. We know the way they work. They do what they want in Western Europe. And those guys over there, the friars over there, okay? I was going to talk to Professor Lyman about this before Shabbos. I said, is there like an underlining, you know, uh, you know, color war over here, neighborhood war between Eastern Europe and Western Europe? He said there always was. He says he doesn't think that has impact in the Shaila. He said, you know, there's no question that Atama that came out of Volozhin, Atama came out from the Hildesheimer Seminary, had a different status. That's just the reality. The Jews looked at Jews from Western Europe different than the Jews from Eastern Europe. That was just the Matthias of the time. So this is what uh, the Sanzer Rebbe is saying. Is, oh, don't bring me right that in Western Europe they had these machines. They do what they want over there. They beat to their own drum. Who big ones. We're going to get them. The Archlaner. Mm-hmm. The Archlaner permitted machine matzahs. Any Yakis here? No, Yakis only eat machine matzahs. Only. Chronics also. Machine matzahs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Rebbe Robaga only uses machine by his Seder. That's a chedush. Yeah, it's a big chronic. But the way the girl waiting on this, I have no idea. I got to ask him. Definitely should ask him because we'll see Rabban Cutler held like the grain and only ate hamats. I don't, I don't know. But uh, the girl held matzahs. You should eat a whole seven days. That we spoke about. But um, yeah, you had the big uh, Pharisees. Throw. We'll go through a list of the gedolim. They were big gedolim, my boy said. It's not like you know reform rabbanim that permitted machine matzahs. These are big, big, very chosh of a gedolim. And. Ah, so we'll get to at the end. We'll get to we'll get, we'll get to Rebbe opinion at the end. We'll, we'll get to Rebbe So again, so why is this tshuva so important for the Divrei Chaim? I think this tshuva is so important. I I I I have a yeshiva where we where we share a room. We share a base medrash with a chassidish a kailo from Bar Park. They come to Queens. It's a fantastic thing to watch. So I asked one of the guys. I said, "Would you have machine matzah in your house?" He said, "No." I said, "Is there anyone in Bar Park that has machine matzahs in their house?" He said, "No." No, you can't find it. They don't have machine matzahs. They don't even keep it in their house. Why? Because of the different kinds. The sons of Rebbe said, Chomets Gomer. Now, I'll prove it to you. Look at number 15. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't have meant that it, 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 it has to be that there's a chash, chash. Of, of Chomets but, Gomer. Not that but when he wrote this letter, he made it I so... Did I write it over there? I didn't write it. 
We're talking about before, mid-1800s. But how do Hasidim live their life? Messiah. Tradition. Tradition, tradition, tradition. Right? I feel it on the roof side of it, right? Tradition, right? That's a big part of Hasidim. And that's why Mishimat has made it to America, because in America, in the, in the 1800s, it wasn't Hasidic. It was more uh, European non-Hasidic Jews, and therefore they were open. It's all based upon the Torah. It's not correct. It's not of the Mitzvahs. Correct. Correct. But let me show you how far this goes. He's saying there's a shash. Right, right, right. Now let me show you how far it goes. Take a look at number fifteen. What? I, that's that's the deciding question over here. I don't no. know what it's today, but Chazanish, the Chazanish mix in B'nai Brak, when I was learning yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 years ago, they wouldn't use certain things on Shabbos because of electricity. generator. That's they a generator. generator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Shabbos issue. No, 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 I'm saying... Oh, you asked him during the week. We don't have... I mentioned... See, Seth, I mentioned... Seth, you went back. I mentioned indoor plumbing. You went to electricity. Right. My argument was we shouldn't use indoor plumbing. Okay, so let's see. The Halichas Chaim, this is a safer written by the Klaus Magreb. Now, the Klaus Magreb was a great goddle. Right, the Rebbe of Rabbi Shalai, right? He was going going out to the cosmic Rebbe. He sounds. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Rebbe. Now, he didn't live so long ago. He died, I think, in the eighties or the nineties. No, not so long ago. So, someone asked him the following question: Rabbeinu Hayyul Lebuchuri Yeshiva Sakdoish. The Bachum, a Bachur asked him the following question: Hachayzim Lebeisim Lechagah Pesach. Bachur is returning home. Heim Noigim Bebeisim Lechol Matzus Mechuna. What happens if the boy's family happens to eat Mishim Matzah? Asur Lahem Lechol Atem Yachad. You can't. You can't eat. You can't eat. It gets better. Wait, I'll tell you a better truth. You got to get Mishimatsu. Now, this shouldn't surprise anyone because the Klausenberger was an Enochal by the Sanzi Rebbe. It's over. Nothing to talk about. The Zayda Asadit. They're not like us Litvishes where we know better than everyone else. The Zayda Asadit and Zayda Asadit. But take a look at a tshuva from the Avni Nezer. This, to me, was the biggest mitzvah I found this year. The tshuva of the Avni Nezer, there was a story. Again, the Avni Nezer was the Sochachava. Great Godel. Mm-hmm. Accepted in all communities, the Sochachava. Avni Nezer. Mm-hmm. Someone came to him and said, a rabbi came to him and said, my, my kehillah fired me. They, uh, they fired me. They got rid of me. They took away all my, my salary, all my perks, all my stocks, whatever else the rabbi owns. Everything. Why? Because they answered machine masses. And the kehillah fired me. Wow. Okay. So the kehillah fired me. And now I want my job back. So he came to Ravdi Nezer, asked Ravdi Nezer, what should he do? So what's Ravdi Nezer's response? Number 16, he writes, Hey, in Hamari, it said, The Rav of Yerushul came to me. He took his panasah. He took away his, his money. That's supposed to come to him. I don't know what the other perks were. I don't know what else he got over there. Car, house, I don't know what else they gave him. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it sounds good. Right? <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing changed. Yeah, Nothing changed. The board got upset and that's it. They pulled his contract. Right. What did the guy do wrong? He answered machine matzis. That's what someone told me. Someone said, no, you don't understand how boards work. That's the reason they give, but there's 20 other reasons why they got rid of him. But this is the reason they gave. They gave because he answered machine matzis. <laughs> <laughs> so he said that he asked the machine masters. So I was trying to explain to someone, you see from this tshuva how relevant machine masters were. It would be like if Rav gets up today and says, okay, I'm asking all Pesach hotel programs. No one can go to Florida. All Orlando, Miami, Villas, Austin. He would definitely be fired. That guy would be gone before he got the words out of his mouth. Why? Because machine masters were used. It was very popular. When you ask the machine masters, it's a big deal. So what does that to do? So he writes, I want you to know, I'm very upset by this. This is terrible what happened. 
Why? First of all, I don't like the fact that people use machine matzahs. Hey, And the fact that you, fi- you fired the rov over this. Both of these things bother me. Now, He says, everyone knows. Where I live. Poland. The great Ger Rebbe. So now Geras can't eat uh, machine matzah. The Ger Rebbe asked machine matzahs. Then he says, "Valkein hamashin matzah shes pashtim in the same uiser al pi kol gedolei medina same what's aser." Then skip to the end. He says, "The kol shekein sheish lo litva shalocha koisim it's aser kehema haroiv vahagedolei vahachachum eviyur." They're the majority opinion. Says Avdi Nezer, "Meyata mashi misha yoyim sheyata birachas kiviyach v'valkein valkein hamoret sedik sheyamoy beparis lavat amen agarazeh." The rabbi who stood up to fight this, the kin of the mitzvah Hashem is barach bedinu sheyito schare bezeh ubavah. Give him back his salary. Give him the future salary. He's a great. He's a, he's a tzaddik to rough. Not like you guys think he's a bad guy for answering machine answers. No, he's right. He says, I demand. I warn you. Give him back his position. And Hashem should forgive you for what you did to Rabbi. Hashem should forgive you for what eating machine matzahs. And now going forward, go back to asking machine matzahs. That was a community that would follow what he said. Exactly. So what? 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 Why would they want? Why would they do it? Maybe the Adenazer was a big name. Now it doesn't tell you the end of the story. My gut feeling is the end of the story. Said, well, I'm not a Talmud of the Adenazer, so I don't have to listen to it. That would probably be the ending of the story. The board members said, well, we didn't ask the Adenazer. We don't have to listen to that. The rough went over. The rough went, right? Went. The rough went to Avdenezer. Yeah, the Avdenezer was a good ladar. I'm, I'm saying it's like you, you got a letter from, you know, Rabbi Yashi, that said, no, you're right. So it means something. So I only bring in this chuva to see how wild this machalikas was, but that the rabbi lost his job over it. Because the rabbi asked him, they fired him. That's it. Gone. And Avdenezer came to defend him, and Avdenezer was a very big proponent that machine masters were awesome. Doesn't say what happened at the end. I don't know. Not sure. Now, halachal ma'isa. So far, we have a lot of ice cream from mishimatzis. <coughs> but like everything in Klai Yisrael, there's always two sides to the equation. Who's the other side? The Shalom Meshif. Reb Shal Yosef Natanson, another great gadol, was the Rav of Lemberg. Big gadol, very very big gadol. Also mid 1800s. He was an interesting yid. Shal, the the Shalom Meshif wrote many many tshuvas. Shalom Meshif never had no children. There's, uh, he had no no uh, he has nephews, but he had no children. The of his brother lives in the neighborhood. That's correct. That's right. He has a nephew that lives uh, in this neighborhood, in the five towns. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan said <laughs> so He has no direct children. He had no children. But he had a brother and who had children. Now, he also had an interesting story. He was a very wealthy. He was independent. He married wealthy the first time. And after his first wife died, he married wealthy the second time. So he was married wealthy twice. So he didn't care if he got fired. So he didn't job. have to worry about things like this yeah. because he can speak his mind because he didn't have to worry about the... It's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, no question. Now, he also had a very interesting brother-in-law. He had a brother-in-law named Mordechai Zev Ettinger. E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Both big Tamid HaChachamim, both very close with each other. They were Bechavusas for many, many years. The Ettinger family is actually famous in contemporary Israeli news. He was a son-in-law, Ettinger was a son-in-law by Mayor Kahana. Nebuch, if you do more research, which I did, I don't know why, but there was an Ettinger in, I think, 2016 that was actually killed by a terrorist, very sad, in the same mishpacha, that was killed in Eretz Yisrael. A big, big family in Eretz Yisrael, the Ettinger. Don't confuse with the Etlingers, who are Yekis, this is the Ettinger, E-T-T-I-N-G-R. Him, so him and the, the Shalomeshi were Chavrusas, until this issue came up about Mishimatzis. 
The Shalom Meishiv matered it, his brother in law answered it, and it created such a rift in the family. You can't even imagine. Seven months together. Oh, they were so close, they learned together for years. When, when the Shalom father in law died, Rabbi Ettinger was a rabbi of the town. And it was a question, who gets the shelah? Does his son get the shelah or the son-in-law get the shelah? And the son, the son gave it over to the son-in-law. He gave it to the Sholem Because he held the Sholem with such a god, like gave him the position. Until Meshim When the Sholem Eishev matzah, Meshim Zev said, this guy's out of his mind. He's crazy. And he created such a, such a, such a fight. What I did find interesting is, how many people have ever heard of the Gross Fund? Everyone heard of the Gross Fund, right? How many people have benefited from the Gross Fund? Everyone. So one of the, the, Gross, the Gross Fund started, the original Mr. Gross, original, was the Shoichet for the Shalom Eishev. He named his son, Yosef Shalom. Now, all the gross money that everyone gets, that was because he was the, the father originally was a Shoichet for the Shalom Eishev way back in, uh, in Lemberg. The original Joseph Gross was named after this Shalom Eishev. Uh-huh. That, that Joseph Gross. It's amazing, amazing to think about. But he was Materit. The Shalom Eishev was Mater Mishimatzas. So what do you do when someone comes out with a letter answering it? You write another letter matering it. So he wrote an article called Bitul Moida. The first one was called Moida Lebeis Yisrael, a public uh, announcement. He wrote a Bitul Moida. I want to undo the public announcement. A rebuttal. A rebuttal. You gotta love Klai Yisrael. Okay, a rebuttal. Nothing's changed. So what does he write in his rebuttal? He says, first of all, the argument of Rabbi Kluger is very weak. What was Rabbi Kluger's argument? Rabbi Kluger's argument was the same way the Gemara says in Megillah that the Aniyim are waiting to get their money on Purim and that's why we don't read the Megillah on Purim. So to all the, the Aniyim working in the, machine, in, the, in, the, in the hand uh, matzah bakery, you can't take away their job. Says the Shalmeshe, that is a very weak argument. He says, what are you talking about? He writes in number 17 in his argument in the Sefer Bitul Moida. He writes the following. <clears throat> he writes that... Um, he says, "The Megillah Says the Shalomeshah, "What are you talking about? The Megillah in the Megillah it says to give matanos levyonim. So you can't read the book that says to give the money and not give the money. It's not correct. But then skip two lines. He writes, "Avokan Says says the Shalomeshah, "What's the job of matzah matzah bakeries are baking matzahs." That's all it is. It's not about parnasa. It's not about tzedakah. You'll give tzedakah on your own time. It's not. It's not our job to give tzedakah with this with the matzah. What does that do with aniim? Vim yeh b'nei beisim rub. Let's say he has a lot of children. He he has to uh, he has to worry about the aniim baking him out. He wants to make his own matzah. He comes with his own crew. Oh, you're taking away parnasa. What do you mean? I have my own expense, and I, I should I should have to pay extra because you need to pay your bills. I got to pay my bills. Terrible is a lot of aniim. You're going to tell me now from now on all mitzvahs are going to be done by aniim to help support the poor. It doesn't work that way. He says, first of all, if anyone's ever been in a matzah bakery, they know how many problems happen there. The simple folks. Who's working, the, who's working at the bakery? The Rosh Hashivas know. Simple folk, the poor people, they don't exactly know all the halachas meticulously. And he says, when I went there and I tried to make it better, but he says, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do to make a human being work better. So he says, I think for all these reasons, machine matzahs are much better. Now, what about Lashma? We'll get to how he deals with Lashma. Now, let me just give you a list of all the great kedoyim that matzah machine matzahs. Number 18, we just saw the Ksav Seifer. Now, this is a chiddush to me. You know why? Because the, the Ksav Seifer was a son by the Chsam Seifer. 
The Chassam Sofer has a famous phrase that everyone knows. The Chassam Sofer was against anything new. Because he was fighting reform. He was always against new things. And here his son is permitting the newest thing to be, on, uh, to be taught, which is machine matzah. So I find that unique, but it's true. In, in, in Pressburg, Hungary, they were using machine matzahs. Who else? Archlaner. Archlaner, that's, that's from Etlinger. But that's the Yekis. He was the Yekish Godel. Great Godel, great Sadik. Also went to college, but that's for a different time, okay? I always tell my Talmudim that you should know. Archlaner also went to college. He also got a degree. He, was a, he had a doctorate in, in, in something in college. But in any case, but that's where the Yekis get it from. Yekis only eat machine matzah. Because Archlaner. Less almost only. Come yeah. out almost only, yeah. Okay. Now here's where it gets even better. This is where it gets better. I found the tshuva from the Ma'or Yoshua. Who was the Ma'or Yoshua? Yoshua Freund. Yoshua Freund was a Talmud of the Maram Shik. Okay? Talmud of the Maram Shik. Now it's interesting because the Maram Shik lived also in Hungary, same time as the Kasab Seifer. He writes the following. He says, He said he heard from the Shinova. The Shinova was the oldest son of the Divrei Chaim. What does the Divrei Chaim hold about Mashiach Matzahs? Treif Gomer. So he says he heard from the Shinova. Tzaveach l'mo'oid b'kehilas l'vov. And now we actually heard of these towns. L'vov now became uh, in the news. Yeah. Them we never heard of these places, right? L'vov, okay. It's in the town of L'vov. B'shnaz tough reish membez. No? What's tough reish membez? Something 42. No, anyone? Tough what? Tough reish membez. Oh, forget. Okay. Oh, my face. Forgot to really double check. It's mid 1800s. Listen to this, guys. Listen to this, guys. Listen to this, He told one of his Talmidim right before he died, he told the Abbezdin of Seret, that you should not bake Mishimatsis. The Shalom Meshiv said not to bake Mishimatsis. The Shalom Meshiv permitted Mishimatsis. Kinescharet al Mashahitir. Shalom Eishev had Harat on his deathbed that he permitted Mishim Matzis. Can you believe such a thing? The Shalom Eishev, who was the Rosh Verishan to permit Mishim Matzis, on his deathbed said he wants to take it back. Says the Mar Yoshua, says Yoshua Greenwood, says Yoshua Freund, again, he lived in the mid late 1800s. He says, I'll bring you a Raya that the Shalom Eishev is wrong. What's his Raya? No, no, that the Shalom Eishev must have taken it back. He must have regretted his Psak. Why? Last three lines, he says, Many, many people, he says, in the, in the Matzah machine factory, many people got hurt. And last year, I remember in, in the year, in Nikta Yad Bocher Echalayadeh Machine, a Bocher got his hand cut off. So says the Rebbe Shofroin, How could that have happened? I thought we have a rule. Shluchim mitzvah in Oh, must be. It's not a mitzvah. It must be machine matzahs are wrong. Oh, come on. How many butchers get their fingers cut off in the machines? Uh-uh. So there's a lot of rebuttals to this comment. I mean, come on. I put this here just for fun. Right? Uh, now, whether or not the Sholem was chayrit, was, was nischarit, is a big discussion. But this is obviously very schwer, right? First of all, we have a rule. Shluchim mitzvah in not So if it's not very dangerous, then you're going to get hurt. Secondly, who said this bochon what he was doing? Some bacher decided to bake matzahs. I'm very happy. He never trained. He didn't know what he was doing. So, never. He got his hand cut off. Thirdly, who said baking matzahs are even a mitzvah? Echtes is even a mitzvah. We spoke about this last year. It's only hechsher mitzvah. You say shluch mitzvah and hechsher mitzvah. I don't know. Now, and by the way, is that a steadfast rule? Shluch mitzvah and nizagin. You don't pass in a lot of my city. Yeah, there's thing. a lot of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the cash is what? How many times? Yeah, let's say you go on to do a mitzvah and somebody gets hurt along the way. 
the Gemara talks about it. Now the Shaila is, was the Sholomesha really, really Tukharata? So if you take a look at number 20, the Sanza Rebbe said it over even better. The Sanza Rebbe said from all of the Psalkim and the Sholomeshiv, he had not, he had Kharata on none of them, except for the Mishim Matzah one. Isn't that convenient, right? Of all his thousands and thousands of responses, the only response he took back was the one you don't like. So I thought this was very funny. So I asked Professor Lyman, I said, do you believe this from a historian? Do you really believe this? Come on. I'm not, I'm not doubting the clause of Rebbe. I'm not doubting Rebbe Shud. Like, should we believe? He got it from the Shinova. Again, the Shinova also had a little bit negias. Why? Because the son of the Devichayim, the Devichayim Master Mishim Master. So I asked Professor Lyman, and he told me, he says, he thinks it's possible because he said that maybe the Sholomesh saw that not all machines are the same. He saw that people were running with his psak. They didn't realize that you have to look at every machine. And it could be the machines in Eastern Europe are different than the machines in Western Europe. And that's that. So he thought maybe it's possible that he talk at Harata. Just it's, you know, sometimes when it's too good to be true, it's usually not true. But, but, but like, not every hand factory is the same either. So oh, well run and well That was his, that was his, that was his argument. So then we have it from the Shinova. The Shinova said he heard from someone. He heard from someone. Someone that was there when he died. What? That he called from the Av Bezdin of Seret. Okay, I don't know. Now take a look at number 21. Let me just show you how far the Sanzi Rebbe's power travels. Let me show you how far the Sanzi Rebbe's power travels. If you look at number 21, there's a Haggad over here from the Beirach Moshe. The Beirach Moshe was with Moshe Talbam, the nephew of the Rabbi Yoyal. The father of the, uh, the current Satmar Rebbe's today that we have. So he, someone asked him the following question. Number 21. This is from his Haggadah. This is a great story also. A guy got married his first year after getting married. He came to the Beirach Moshe, the great Moshe Tarabam. He had a predicament on his hands. Why? This guy married totally out of the fold. He married a family that they eat Gebrachs. And they eat machine matzah. So someone said, how can a chassidish boy learning about a Beich Moshe marry such a girl? What's the answer? There you go. Okay. <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, let's be honest. I think a chassidish boy is going to marry a family that eats machine matzahs and gebrachs. It's a pella, right? Okay. So he came to the Sam Rebbe. He said, he said, Rebbe, what do I do? I got to go home to my in-laws. And my in-laws are going to... No, no. This is Rebbe this is Moshe Teitelbaum. Oh, the Beirach Moshe. Oh, the Sam Rebbe. Rebbe Yael's nephew. He asked him what to do. And listen to his response. Hey, Shivloi Rabbeinu Reb Moshe answered him. Al Chumra Shuriya, Yichloni Lemtzel Chapesach Heter Besuda Shatter Soi Beis Chamech. Gibrachs, I can justify Gibrachs for you. Avol Al Matzus Mechuna I Efshur Lila Hatib Bishumayfin. I can't permit it. Kevin Sherabbeinu Adivrechaim Pasak Shul Chometz Gomer. Adivrechaim said it's Chometz. How can I be Matzah Chometz? Shuriya, okay, I can be Matzah Gibrachs. No, you can eat Gibrachs. I heard a story exactly like this, but I forget which Gadol. From uh, a couple of years ago, from in, in Shabbos Agadol Jerusha. Yeah, what did he say? And uh, whoever it was, it was a very big person. They said they came exactly the same. Child, how can I go back? I don't know what to do. And uh, can I bring my own masses? I'll bring my own masses. And the, the, but the the father-in-law wouldn't held, held that yet that the hand masses would not. Yeah, sure. say he wouldn't let it in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Put his head down and he says, picked up after five minutes and he said uh, he was up in Shemayim. I can tell you in Shemayim. They're not tumbling about machine masses. <laughs> Shalom bias is what they're tumbling. 100%. <laughs> I'm going to show it to you later on. I'll show it to you later on. But this is what. But I'm just showing you how far the, the powers of the Sanzi Rebbe goes. Right? The Berich Moshe wasn't so long ago. 
Bech Moshe died in the 90s. No, in the beginning of 2000. Not so long ago, Bech Moshe. He knew how machines work. He wasn't... Uh, but the Sanzi Rebbe said, the Sanzi Rebbe said, okay. Now, we're, 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 there's a lot more to get to, so I'm going to skip a little bit because I want to get to the real good juicy stuff. But um, there is potentially a Shaila about uh, Erevin. If you remember when we did a, a seven-week series on Erevin, we talked about Eruvin Chatseris. One of the ways to make an Erev work, you have to have what's called an Eruvin Chatseris. Eruvin Chatseris means all the people in the community join together in this uh, bread. So what's the typical thing we use for Eruvin Chatseris? We use a machine matzah. We use matzah. We usually use machine matzah. What I mean, but if you don't eat machine matzah on Pesach, how do you have an Eruvin Chatseris for the week of Pesach? You don't eat, but there's other people in the community. That you, you need to be, you need to be part of it. It's all part of it. Everyone needs to be able to eat it. You're all part of it. So if you hold that you really do eat mishi matzah, just a tzachumra, so then you can get away with it. But if you're a sanzer, also gomor, it's chametz. So what do you do? So the terrorists they take put up matzahs of hand. They have hand matzahs. Someone told me that there are certain kehils that have hand matzahs for their ruvah chaseris. That's why. Yeah, same for the week of Pesach, for this reason. Wow. Do the proponents of machine have a problem with hands? Many. Some do. Some do, yes. Some do, most not, but some do, yeah. The Yakis only will eat the machine matzah the whole Pesach. Now, now let's get to the Matirim. We haven't yet talked about the Matirim. We've been only the Asring. So who permits machine matzah? Epsi Pesach Frank. Epsi Pesach Frank was a big gadol. I didn't know this, but Epsi Pesach Frank was the father-in-law of Shmuel Rozovsky. Yeah. Either Lushma or Chomet. Right, so or tradition. That's a problem, right? Yeah, I'm saying that, that's, <laughs> that's why it's hard to understand. COVID. So comes along with C. Pesach Frank, and he's one of the first to be matter. 3D printed matters. It's, a whole it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I talk of a Talmud of mine who does 3D printing. He printed for us 3D tefillin. It's amazing. Mom looks like regular tefillin. We learn how to Whatever, it's, it's amazing what you can do with a computer today. <laughs> so maybe you can three D matzahs and eat it. But listen to the Psi Pesach Frank. Says the Psi Pesach Frank, I want to be matzah machine matzahs, and I want to call it lishma. How can I make machine matzah lishma? Says the Psi Pesach Frank. Very simply, based on the Minchas Chinuch. The Minchas Chinuch said the only reason why Yisraelim lagaba doesn't work is because you can't protect that that's not in your control. Says the Psi Pesach Frank, but a machine is in my control. The Gemara said you can't be shomer mashe biyad chaveru, but the machine is not biyad chaveru; it's biyadi. Therefore, argues of Pesach of Frank, machine matzahs are one hundred percent lashma, not because the machine is you. The machine is not you. The machine is the machine in you, you, but you swallow the magabov. I, I thought the Mister Bruce said you swallow the magabov doesn't work. Says of Pesach Frank, yeah, that's a, that's when it's a human being because I can't control what's in the human being's hand, but it's not a human being; it's a machine, and I'm in control. Therefore, says of Pesach Frank, you can use machine matzahs for the seder, and that was the opinion of Reb Shlomo Zaman Orbach. I have to remember Rav Shlomo Orbach came from a Yekesha family. So he's a little bit negeh uh, b'davar. Rav Shlomo Zaman writes number 25. But you know what? If you have equal, uh, again, it's not so equal today. One costs $40. One cost four dollars. It's a it's a it's a, it's a big hassle. So says Rishon Mizamin. This what the price? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I would love to know that. <laughs> no, I'm saying what, so. If everything's good, so what do you mean? What right, because so he writes in the bottom. He explains. Well, since today we already have so much availability of, of hand, why not? So why is hand better? Because again, you you to the sheetas. You don't have to. Right, 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 right. right. So Rishon Mizamin uses the same law that says Rishon Pesach Frank. That what that I can jack lishma 
into the into the baking. I am I'm on the outside. Yeah, but because Menchus Chinuch said I can't inject lishma because someone else is involved here. There's no one else involved that can inject lishma. Now, that's the two. The other way to justify lishma is by saying that when I push the button, that's me. That's just, again, there's two ways to justify lishma on the machine. One way is you could do Yisrael Malgabov with this var from the Menchus Chinuch. The other way to do it is like like the Sholomayshiv writes that when you push the button, that's you. Why is that not you? Why is it any different than I'm doing this? That's all. It's extension of me. So if I inject lishma, it's good to go. Those are the two major thoughts uh, of, of being matter lishma. Now I want to have a little fun over here to show you in history which gedolim used machine matzahs. Blow your mind. Let's go through a list of gedolim. Number twenty-six. And by the way, when you say machine, you mean for the sake? Yes, yes. I don't mean for chalamay trips. I mean lel pesach at their house. Number twenty-six. This is Amal Meltzer. Balo Evan Ezel. This is Amal Meltzer. V'chemorin agoinu meir simcha medevinsk. Balo asamech. Reb Chaim Moizi Gudzenski. Balo shalas shuvat achiezer. Reb Moishe Mordechai Epstein. Good enough of a list. Okay, good. Ah, Bezin Slobodka Rosh Shiva's Knesset Yisro. Why did you say Ravarin says no? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Nogu lechol matzas muchune gam le kezayis rishon. They all ate the machine matzas for the first kezayis. Chaim Moizik Wazenski. Now, this is something that bothered me a lot in this again. What did the Chavetz Chaim hold? I looked up and down in, in Mr. Burra. I could not find the Mr. Burra weighing it on this Shaila at all. And it bothered me. This was a hot topic of conversation. Why does the Mr. Burra say nothing on it? It bothered me. So I asked Professor Lyman, and he told me a Yisait, which I was not familiar with, and I have to remember it and go through other Simon and Shochamarech, that the Mr. Burra, on rule of principle, did not get involved in controversial topics. If something was a hotbed topic, he did not talk about it. That was his policy. He didn't, which is funny because Jews needed to know what to do. But he, on policy, would not write on anything that was controversial. And this was very controversial. This was very, very lebedic, and therefore he omitted everything from the topic. Oh, so what did he really do? Take a look at number 28. Nothing. Nothing. He never talks about it. He never talks about it. I say this particular thing, but doesn't he always, doesn't there he'll bring I'm just telling you this is what he told me again it's something to keep in mind when you're going through six halakim of the Mishnabu remember remind this if this side always works out now the truth is you can also discuss what did he hold about well I don't know if they had machine they, yeah they had machines for making sits also back then does he talk about it there I don't know I have to take a look but this is what he told me and I Okay. It, it's true. He doesn't talk about it. So if you take a look over at number... Rabbi, who, who, who's number 26? Minhagi who? Minhagi Marat Halevi. Safer I found. So if you take a look over at number 28, in the Haggadah of Rabbi Yisrael Druk, anyone listen to Rabbi from Goldberg, he likes to quote Rabbi Druk a lot. His Haggadah came out this year. You can buy it. I saw it. It's in English. I have it on my Oitzach in Hebrew. But Rabbi Yisrael Druk's Haggadah is out there now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the advertising. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, in Eretz Yisrael. He's a big God in Eretz Yisrael. Oh, he did? He's doing... Yeah, he's doing better, yeah. 
So he's, uh, if you listen to Rabbi Ephraim, he quotes him uh, religiously on the Parsha. But he has a very nice Haggadah out. Yeah, yeah, he quotes him a lot on Chumash. But he has a very nice Haggadah that I came across. So in his Haggadah, he quotes from a Sefer I never heard of called Haseder Ha'aruch. He writes, Shekach Nogu Moronon HaChavetz Chaim. Hagrach Hagriz V'chein Aminag Eitzel Kol Gedele Admaroyim. We have so far the Mishtabura, Reb Chaim, the Biskirov, all the Rebbes. V'chein Noag Morin Hagoyin Baron Kotler. Baron Kotler, Litvish territory now. Lechol Kol Yimei HaPesach Rak Matzah Shmur Shenefsa B'Avoydes Yad L'Shmur. So he tells us the Chavetz Chaim only ate hand matzah. The Chavetz Chaim, Reb Chaim, Briskerov, and Baron Cutler. Okay, that's that's a nice list of but people. Maybe they made their own. Their own hand. They did make their own. I'm sure they went down to and picked their own chabura. So then, hundred percent. Right. It's not really a proof for anything. True. We'll get to that in a second. Hundred percent. Right. They probably didn't go to the store and buy what they were selling in the store. Hundred percent. They had their own chabura baked with their own stuff. Now this what takes away from the aniyim. <laughs> so take a look at number 30 and this is something I found fascinating Vilna Vilna was, was, was what they call Ir uh, Shaltaira Vilna was the most religious frumest place to live in Europe Yushalayim Shalita right what do you think they did in Vilna they ate Mishimatz in Vilna now why did they eat Mishimatz in Vilna because who lived in Vilna Rechaim Oizer Rechaim Oizer was the Avbezdin in Vilna and we just said Rebbe Chaim Reza permitted yeah, Mishim Matzahs. So in Vilna, they all ate Mishim Matzahs. So no, no, no. I don't know about the Vilna going because he lived before. He died before the tumble got off the ground. But in Vilna, the great city of Vilna, where everyone was so, so from, they ate Mishim Matzahs. Okay. Now here's where you... Um, this story is a Gavaldik Hashalom Bayi story. Take a listen to the story over here. This is from a sefer called Eishat Torah about the life of a Baron Cutler. He writes like this, Kol Yimei HaPesach Oichel Matzah Shmur Avodisyad. A baron used to eat hand matzah, shmura, shenefa l'shma. Why? The whole Pesach. K'day l'kayim ha-mitzvah da-chilas matzah kol sheva. To be m'kayim the mitzvah of the Vilna Goin, that every bite of matzah that you eat the whole day of Pesach is a mitzvah, and therefore he felt you can only be yoyed to that mitzvah if you eat l'shma dikah matzah. It's fine. Omnam, however, kufsois, k'neidlach, ochol avkisho yasuris mi matzah mechunna. But the k'neidlach that a baron used to eat, those were made for machine matzah. Now, what do you see right off the bat? Yeah, Kubrach. But he held it's not chametz. If a baron thought they were chametz, you think he'd eat them? <laughs> Obviously, he didn't think they were chametz, right? He just thought it was an issue of l'shma. l'shma. Because there maybe there was an issue of l'shma. But his reason was, his argument was, once I make it into a, uh, a canadal, it no longer has, right? He definitely ate Kubrach, which is for sure true. I think next year we'll talk about Kubrach. Right, but uh, mitzvah. Shem- exactly. I but the Vilna Goyin says every bite of matzah is a mitzvah. Says a baron, yeah, that's a bite of matzah, not a knedel. A knedel, you change it so much, it's no longer a mitzvah. But he's not necessarily disagreeing with the fact that you need lishma even. Yes, 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 yes. He said he only ate lishma all seven days, but he held the knedel is not a matzah anymore. You could say that about having soup this past Correct, correct, correct. That's a big shayla, right? So Mr. Buru Taka holds is not considered. Mr. Buru holds you can eat knedel on every pesach because every pesach is bishul. It's not. It's mishan. Right. So listen to what he says over here. But this is the best part, Rabbi Say. Lu masoi hikbida agabanit. But the Rebetzin, who was a Baron's Rebetzin? Mrs. Zalman Meltzer's daughter. What did Mrs. Zalman Meltzer hold about matzah? Machine. She marries a Baron, a Baron was a big hand guy. Listen what happens over here. The Rebetzin was makbid lechol matzah mechun bovad. The Rebetzin only ate machine matzah. Keminog beisavia, like her father. Vitanoseho mipiho. And her argument was, she matzah's yad royim lepomim be'emtza shapas koya. Tehainu shamatzah, he never said maspik. 
she tied the terabar and Rebbe, you can see in some of the matzahs that it doesn't fully get baked. This is the whole idea of gibraks. Where Chayish said it doesn't get baked, you're going to bake it again, it's going to be chametz. So so she, she, did she make an egg lechlem or not? Keep on reading. So she tied this to Rebaran. So he said to Rebaran, Ulechein matzahs mechuna yoisem huderes. She told her Baron she thinks machine matzahs are better. So now this is the machine, the cooking of the machine, the baking of the matzah, not the preparation. Right, right. Here is here her argument is that and machine matzah is automatic. Right, he's saying that you have no. It, it, it's set to a temperature, it's set to a time. It's never going to bake everything in. No chashash chametz. So what did Baron do with this information? Okay, you have to remember Baron held his opinion, his shver, and his wife on the other side. What does he do? So listen to Baron. This is godless. Because you heard from his wife so many times this claim. We saw a baron. Took a magnifying glass to check every matzah to make sure. So he can go back and tell his rebbe, I checked the matzah. It's baked fully. Don't worry. There's no shayla of chametz. That's a god. That's a god. Baked fully is not a question of the baking. Baked fully is a human being. Oh, that's the way it works? Uh huh. It doesn't get. Right. Right, right. But it's still. On the top. Right. Very good. By the way, Rabbi. Yeah. Just call me because I WhatsApped him. So he said like this. He said, the reason he does it, he says, not even so much them. He says, 150 years ago, there was what was called the Prushim in Yushalayim. He said, if you look it up in the 1870s. They all, they all ate and they yes, came out yes, with a whole thing yes, and he said and the Zayda did his grandma so he just asked his father the Shiloh this year he says could I change I want to eat hand matzah he says no because if you eat hand matzah then, then you can be mighty laz and all uh, your grandfather so your grandfather right, right, right. he says so you can't but doesn't it all boil down to the, all the Dolem who said that you could eat the sheen were they saying it's okay equally as good or were they saying it was better they think it was better because no shash chametz with it yeah. Now, What's the no one ever said that. So machine shmura means you're getting lishma in it, and therefore you're being mekayim. If you hold that a machine can be lishma, you're getting the chumra of the vilna goyin of eating lishma all seven days of Pesach. Meaning, if it's shmura, then you can use it for the seder. If it's non shmura, then you're definitely not getting any any schar of lishma. So machine shmura, there's somebody there at the factory saying yes, correct, matzah. correct. So if you look at there's a famous picture in the, in the early 1950s in front of Streit's matzah factory. There's a picture of a Baron Salvechik with his brother, Yosha Bear Salvechik, with Ramosha Feinstein, all standing giving their haskama to the, the matzah maker. Baron Salvechik and Yosha Bear Salvechik were both very, very adamant that machine matzah is the way to go. That's Especially since Ravaran gave the hash on strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, Rabbi, did you hear what I said? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Since Ravaran gave the hash I'm saying they believed in what they were selling. No, Reb Chaim was against machine matzahs. Uh, not exactly. So let's see. So I'm giving the shit today. Now, now, just for fun. What? I'll, I'll tell you guys the story when we finish. I just want to get to some more sources. Just some great sources. If you take a look at the biggest chiddush of the day, is you know who was mat? You know who was mat machine matzahs? Reb Meir Shapiro. Great Reb Meir Shapiro. Rosh Hashiva of Lublin, the originator of the Dafyomi, he was Matzah Mishim Matzah. Now, how do I know that? Because if you take a look, he gave Haskoma to the Manischewitz baking Matzah Bakery Factory. According to this, it says he did. According to what I have over here, according to an article that came out in 1938, there was an article in 1938 that Manischewitz printed with a list of over 100 and, I get the right number here, of 124 Gedolim who endorsed their factory. 
Rameh Shapiro's name is on that list. That's the one that he was talking about, right? Wow. Probably not. What? The one from Yishalayim? No, no, Rameh Shapiro. No, no, Lublin. Even before? Rameh Shapiro from Lublin. Rameh Shapiro. Now, just for fun, just for fun, Oh yeah, we don't have enough time to get into everything. There's so many juicy stories over here. But the, the, there's a story over here about the Yid, about the Mir Yeshiva in Kobe, Japan. We know the Mir Yeshiva traveled from, from Europe, and they went to Kobe, and ultimately went to Shanghai. So they were in Kobe for a while. When they were in Kobe, they had a big shout about the international dateline. That's a whole tumult. Maybe one day we'll talk about it. I don't know. But they had a shout what to do with the matzah. In Kobe, they couldn't. They had two choices in Kobe. Either to get Manishevitz from America, or to get hand from Shanghai. So they came to the Amshan of a Rebbe. Amshan of a Rebbe was in Shekhar. People don't know this. The Amshan of a Rebbe was a great source of Chizuk to the Bacham in the Yeshiva, both the Psak and Chizuk in, in Shanghai. They came to him in Kobe before they got to Shanghai. They said, Rebbe, what do we do? We have on one hand, we have machine masters coming from Manishevitz. We have hand masters from Shanghai. We don't know who's baking them in Shanghai. What should we do? The Rebbe Paskin eat the machine masters and make a big brach on them. He said, why? He said, because we all know machine masters are only a Shail of Lashma, they're not a Shail of Chomets. But hand matzahs from Shanghai might be Shail Chomets. It's better to eat the machine matzahs and make al matzahs. You, you don't know who was there. It wasn't exactly a thriving community there. So they say over there was a bacha there who... Everyone accepted the, the, the amshan of his psaq except one bacha. One bacha said, I can't make an achilas matzah on this matzah. He had to hit a bracha from the Rebbe and be yotzah with his bracha. Okay, fine. That's a uh, madrega. But the truth uh, yeah, is... How do you be yotzah, especially something in the eating? That's no, a, the achilas matzah, the bracha achilas matzah. Oh. Now they say over Steinman grew up in the town of Brisk. He was very close to the Brisk Rav. He grew up in the town of Brisk. In Brisk, Reb Chaim did not really like Mishim Matzahs for the most part. But Reb Steinman said that when he was in Switzerland during the war, he had no choice. He had Mishim Matzahs and he wouldn't make Al-Khilas Matzah on it. He felt that's uh, too much of a child. He can't make Al-Khilas Matzah. So he asked the Brisk Rav after the war. And the Brisk Rav said, my father holds you probably can make Al-Khilas Matzah on, on the, on the Mishim Matzah only if you're involved in the kneading of the dough. Problem is today you're not involved in the kneading of the dough. So I think Reb Chaim today would not say it's okay. Okay, that's what he said over. What did the Rav do? Did you say? Abay Salvation held the Mishim Matzah 100%. Uh, held what? Yes. I think, I think he ate the most. But did he eat it with Chakil? I, I even think. Though his relatives even though his relatives ate it, didn't I think he did. Now here's the best part of Abay said. This we can give a whole nother share on. We're really running out of time. Besides, we should really talk about Manashevitz's history, but that's uh, it was for a different time. But. Um, you should have given the share two, three weeks ago before we started. The Chazinish. Those the Chazinish. This is a very, very controversial topic, Rabbi said. The Chazanish supposedly was against Mishimatzis. Chazanish was against Mishimatzis. There are many letters that came out that the Chazanish was against Mishimatzis. However, you know who ate Mishimatzis? Rebbits and Chazanish. Chazanish is Rebbits and ate Mishimatzis. Now, now you have to know. You have to know that the Chazanish is Rebbits and suffer from stomach ailments. You have to be fair and honest. She had stomach ailments. The Chazanish allowed her to eat it. Now, here's the best part. I have a story over here, number 35. I'm not going to read it inside because we don't have enough time. Where Reb Chaim Kanevsky says over the following story. He said he was once in his house as a kid by the stipler. And the stipler had machine matzahs in the house for the, for the kids to eat. And the Chazanisha walks in and says, Oh, all of a sudden now you keep hummus in the house on Pesach? So the stipler had such respect for his brother-in-law throughout the machine matzah. So people say, Oh, you see the Chazanisha had machine matzahs a hummus. Now how do I know that can't be true? Because he gave machine matzahs to his rabbits. <laughs> he needed to give chametz to his reb. He meant a zog. He meant a line. He meant something by it. He didn't really mean that it's chametz. However, what is interesting, and this is a very good question, you got to ask your local bnei brachian. The chazanish holds you can make tzitzis l'shma with a machine. That's a chazanish shita. You push the button l'shma, you make the tzitzis l'shma. So why can't I do the same thing for a matzah? That might be the right. 
That also is the rest. Yeah, yeah. So they asked this to Abraham Kanevsky, and Abraham Kanevsky's answer was, uh, I had the same kasha. I asked my father. We didn't get such a good answer. But I'm machmir not to even do tzitzis with the machine. But that's really the kasha. If the, if the chazanish held, you can make tzitzis l'shma. So why should you be able to do this l'shma? It's a good kasha. Halach l'maysa, if you read other sources, I put that from Yaakut Yosef, if Bavadja holds, you can use mishimasas for the seder. Yitzhakabadi from Lakewood holds the Chatchila, you could use Mishimatis. Sure. And he says, Oh, Rabbi Sazalman also used to do it. Now I have a shtickle cash on him. His Rebbe wasn't Rabbi Sazalman. His Rebbe was, was a Baron Cutler. A Baron Cutler did not eat Mishimatis. So that's a shtickle cash I have on Yitzhakabadi. Not my first, not my last, but, but the best <laughs> Maramakam I have is Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. Lagzut and Stark lives. He writes, Mephurish, Lechatchila, you can use Mishimatis for the star. Number 40. Lechatchila, you can use Mishimatis for the star. Shmuel Kamenetsky lives today. You should live for many, many years in Mr. Shem. He writes, Matzos mechunek sheira legamri lemitzvah sachilas matzah below reaching the Pesach. So when you say you're allowed to do Mishimatis, it's the Shmura brain? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Shmura. It's got to be Shmura. It's got to be Shmura. Right. Now, the best part of this topic over here is I'll end off with a shtickle from a Menashe Klein. A Menashe Klein writes in his Agada. It's got, again, if you... If it says Shmur on it, you can use it for the Seder according to these price scheme. If it doesn't say Shmur, you can't use it for the Seder. Wait, when he says you should, you could, no. does that mean if you have the choices of two, that would be a good right. That's right. That's right. You gotta call him, man. <laughs> but don't we also have a cloud that Hashem would not, you know, cause there to be a situation where a Pesach hummus, if you have Gidolo on both sides of the fence over here, I mean, I, so I, I, again, I am definitely not getting involved in this one, but I'm gonna leave off with this. They, yes, they said the words comments, but only because it could be comments. Correct. Because of the way it was Correct. Correct. Yeah. Right, they cleaned it and they took the. Then they, they, the, the, the I would think so, right? The machine doesn't make it. I, I would think so. I would think you're right. So, Menashe Klein says it the best, Rabbi. So, this is a this is the kicker. Menashe Klein says that one of the arguments of the uh, of Rosh was the round versus the circular matzos. So he says, says Menashe Klein, that's Pshan in the, in the Manashtana. We say in the Manashtana, Manashtana, what type of cash is that? Why are we eat matzah tonight? It says in the Chumash, Be'erv Tachul Matzah. says Menashe Klein, you know what the kid is asking? He's saying, I don't understand. Why are the matzahs circular? Why can't the matzahs be square? <laughs> On that we answer, no. That's why, that's the kasha. The kasha is not why we eat matzah. It says in the Chumash. The kasha is why the matzah is circular, not square. Now, very interesting. Um, someone once came to Reb Zalag Epstein and tied it to him that you can use your hand matzah as a tax write-off. Because you're a Rosh Hashiva, you're a big gadol. If people find out you're using machine matzah, you're going to lose your status. So we, for you, hand matzahs are a legal tax write-off. And he did not go for it. But in 1948, the IRS brought a lawsuit against Manashevitz. Manashevitz has a, had a yeshiva in Yerushalayim. And they were using that yeshiva as a tax write-off. And the IRS said, what exactly does a bunch of Jews in Jerusalem studying Torah have to do with you baking uh, matzahs in, uh, in America? So they explained to them. They said, the reason why we do it is, is because we want to give validity to our company. We want to show that our company is very, very religious. The way we prove it is by having st- people studying Torah in Jerusalem under our banner. And they bought it. The IRS bought it. And they, they used Could it as a tax deduction. Uh, it's, it's amazing. 1948, it's wow. a public case. You can read about it online. And the IRS uh, was masking. Because they held those legitimate taina. That, right? That was it. That was their taina. Right, the taina was we need to have a koil in order to make sure that we, uh, we, sell we, still have, we sell our matzahs. And that's why they were always pushing. 
That's why the, they always had the Yushalmi Poiskim on their on their on, on their on board because Yushalmi Poiskim always held machine masters were okay. So Manashevitz was so smart; they always had that connection to Yushalayim, and they were always able to uh, build their masters. Now, just for an historical standpoint, in the year 1914, they had over 50 patents on machine matzah baking. That's 1914. We're over 100 years later. Can you imagine the patents they have now? How how much they improved on the on the matzah baking improvement? Everyone should do whatever they do, but it's definitely an interesting topic for the uh, $40 a pound versus the uh, $4 a pound. What would you do? What I do?